0: You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. Hello, I am Mike Miho Wood, the artist formerly known as the NRL Outsider, but now known as a symbol like Prince. And I'll be hosting this, the one and only time of year that the Chasing Kangaroos podcast talks about the National Rugby League, the NRL, the big dance, as apparently people call it now. I don't like that. Joining me is the man that Pitbull himself calls Mr. Worldwide, it's <laughs> International Rugby <laughs> League girl, Michael Capone. <laughs> Do you like that cast?
1: I love it, Mike. And I'm glad you stole my joke about, you know, the symbol thing, you know, the man formerly known yeah, as the yeah. outsider. I'm, I'm still going to call you the outsider because I love it. I think it's still apt. But I understand why you're moving away from that. But man, it's great to be a guest on uh, on my own show. It's really weird. I feel nervous, yeah. and I'm um, glad you're yeah. taking the reins on this one, though.
0: Yeah, it's good. So it's like I have my own version of Ask Carbs. Yeah. <laughs> um, Carbs, <laughs> tell me, tell me, what do your town, your hometown, Sydney, and Pitbull's hometown of Miami have in common?
1: Uh, the weather is shit at the moment. Is that what is it? What's what do we have in common? It does,
0: it does rain a lot in both. Of them. No, one of the world, one of them is the world, one of the world's best multicultural cities with the melting pot of communities ruined by white people who live by the beach. Yep. And the other is Miami.
1: <laughs> that sounds about right. And you're learning that, mate, as well, because you're getting to all the, the heritage rugby league games around Sydney lately, which is fantastic over on our YouTube page if anyone wants to watch those. But uh, you're learning about all, all the culture here in Sydney, mate, which is uh, fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the last I got my trip to Shark Park and the, the beaches yesterday, the better. So I got stuck there for 45 minutes because they don't do trains. Trains don't mm-hmm. exist in Cronulla, apparently. So,
1: Well, why would you want to get out, apparently? Mm-hmm. Anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're really going for the uh, Northern Beaches insular Peninsula vibe, <laughs> except they're not really a peninsula. Are they a peninsula? I guess they are, actually.
1: Anyway. Kind of. Anyway, we're getting off topic already. We haven't even yeah. started.
0: Hey. It's NRL time. We had our last trial last night. That's why I was in Cronulla for yeah. the Sharks against the Bulldogs. And I guess so. I watched all the trials, right? Because it's my job. Yep. And also, I'm a sad like, I got no life. <laughs> all I do is watch NRL trials. Um, but so I'm pointing to you, with carbs. Can anybody shift last year's top six? Now, for reference, that was the Melbourne Storm, Penrith Panthers, Manly Seagulls, Eels. Sydney and Sydney Roosters, they were miles ahead of everybody else. Um, are we going to see exactly the same six, potentially in a different order, or is somebody going to break in?
1: That's a good question. It's a tough one to start with, and it's hard on trial form to, to sort of answer that question. It's been great watching heaps of trials this year, like on Fox and KO, and, and you've been getting to all the games yourself, so that's awesome as well. That's a strong six. And um, to, be, to be honest, I can't see... I can't really see any sides breaking into that six right now. But if I was to bet on one side that would drop out of there, fuck, that's hard. So what? storm Panthers, Rabbits, Eagles, Roosters, Eagles. I'd probably say if one side was going to drop out of that six this year, it's the Rabbits without Wayne Bennett, I think. I just have a feeling. Yeah,
0: I know the obvious question then. If they're going to drop out, i probably... I think it'll be the same six. I don't think they'll be anywhere near the same order. I think the Roosters will be way higher up if they finish Agreed. last year. The Roosters will be way higher up. Uh, they were kind of decimated with injuries last year. But I think Manly are still about the fourth best team. I think the Storm might drop down but they'll still be better than most other teams I should think. Yeah, it really comes down to with Souths it really comes down to how they can replace Reynolds and yeah. uh, Lachlan Elias. More on, him, more on him later I assume. Um <laughs> Spoiler that. <laughs> <Maybe spoiler alert. laughs> Who knows? Stay with us. Um, if he can go well, he went all right in the trial against your Dragons he on did. Saturday. He went quite well. And if he can do 50% of what Anna Reynolds does, I reckon everybody else will chip in. You know, Latrell and, and um, Cody Walker, they're still going to be able to do their thing. So I wouldn't be too worried about South. But yeah, I could see them going from, what, third to sixth maybe, but I'm not sure they'll go any lower than that because... Our next question, who comes in? If they're going to go out, who comes in? Who are you expecting to be a big riser uh, on
1: 2021? Look, I, I, and I'll just say again, I don't think that six changes, to be honest with you, but if someone is going to come in, what do we have? We had the Knights and the Titans at seven and eight. I think the Titans stay up there. The Knights could drop out um, and we'd probably see, uh, I want to say the Dragons, man, because they're my side and it's probably going to lead you into a few other questions that you want to ask me today. I think the Dragons are going to get into the eight. Whether they break into that top six, I'm not sure.
0: So you're going for the Dragons. See, I was at Canola last night, and I thought Canola looked really good. I think they were Craig, Craig was a good coach, first time in the, uh, in the top job, but he's been in he rooster system for ages. I think they could be really good. The Titans, they're going to be the most fun team to watch because they cannot defend. Yeah. So if they can do any sort of defending, they could, you know, they'll score enough points. But last year, I actually went and looked this up for an article that they got. I think a couple of times they were winning by loads against Manly, against the Roosters, and then losing the game. Yeah. Maybe against Souths as well last season. And then what did they do? We only got one trial because their game against Warriors got called up because of the rain. But their one trial, they went way up in front against Brisbane and ended up drawing the game. So that could be a worry.
1: It's a tricky one. The jury's still out for me on the Sharks. So, yeah, new coach, Fitzgibbon, has all the raps. But I just want to see, I think he's got to prove himself at this level. I think he will. Um, but give, I, I'm not prepared to make a call on the Sharks until, you know, a few rounds in. I want to see how they go, how they react to the new coach and the changes.
0: Yeah, and I think that one outing, which was last night as we record, was helped by the Bulldogs trying to get themselves sent off every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, the Bulldogs, might, they might end up being better than last year. But uh, I, look... They're going to be a lot of fun because they got, uh, I wrote a piece about it last night, they got Tavita Pengai Jr., they got um, Luke Thompson, God love Luke Thompson, they got Jack Heatherington, there is all the mongrel all the time. Uh, I think I described it as a maximalist approach to the all-blacks, no dickheads <laughs> policy, like all the dickheads.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, <laughs> they're going to be entertaining, probably won't win many games, but uh, yeah, we get down to the Bulldogs game if you want to scrap. Uh, right, next question. How excited are you about your Dragons? They <laughs> look bloody good. They look good. Not just, I wrote a, I wrote a column about it and it, was more, it wasn't so much that they might be good, it's that they'll be fun and they haven't been fun. They've not been a fun team to watch for many years. They've been very boring and I don't think they'll be boring.
1: I'm looking forward to reading that, that column, mate. And look, they, they have been boring for a few years. They were even boring when we won the grand final over a decade ago now. Like we played a very boring style of footy. Um, but. I and look, I'm you're probably going to think I'm a biased Dragons fan, and many of you, many of you would probably agree with that listening at home. But I've been very, very, um, I'm, I think I'm, I'm I'm I read it how it is when it comes to my Dragons. And if you go back to the previous NRL episodes that we've had, I've always been pretty modest. So last year and the year before, I was not excited about this team, I didn't think we'd make the top eight. Um, and you can go back and listen to those chats. Like it's, it's all there. It's, it's true. But I haven't been excited about the Dragons like I am right now for a long, long time. I think our young crop players coming through are freaking awesome. Um, I think we are guaranteed to make the top eight this year and I'm prepared to say that. Um, I, everyone had us as wooden spoon contenders or favourites and that is, couldn't be further from where we're at. We're a good side and we're, we're a top eight side for sure. Um, what I like about us this year, and and I'll touch on what you said. You made a comment about the Bulldogs having the all the dickheads policy. I reckon there's two types of there's there's a, a whole heap of types of players in the NRL, right? But there's two really strong NRL type characters at the moment. So you've got like the yeah the boys type of character. So they you know footy's their job. They love going out on the piss, hanging out with the boys, and having fun and and acting like dickheads. But then you've got this real. Young group of players coming through, and we saw a lot of it at the Panthers over the last couple of years. Young guys coming through where they love footy, they want to be the best, footy is their number one priority. And yeah, they like having a bit of fun and, and hanging out and what have you, but like playing rugby league is their number one priority. They are passionate, they are determined, and I'm seeing a lot of that at the Dragons this year. We got rid of a lot of the yeah, the boys type of players last year, and I'm really excited to see this new culture. The flamboyancy, as you kind of mentioned, we've got guys like Sloane, Amon, uh, Sullivan. I think, like, I think Ben Hunt is going to have, and I'm prepared to go on record here again. Ben Hunt is going to have the best year of his career this season, but unless you know, hopefully, he doesn't get injured. Touch wood. But I think we're in for a good season. And will we win the grand final? No, but um, will we lay a platform for a good few years? Yes. Excited, mate. <laughs>
0: Do you know you touched on Ben Hunt there, right? I think uh, I don't know if I go as far as the best year of his career, but here's the key for me. I you know, I'm a great believer in the premiership window idea that you build to win it sort of in your second or third year. And that's what the Panthers did. The Panthers were rubbish a couple of years ago and they put you know, they put their faith in some of the players, now the players look great. If you look at that spine, the Sullivan Amon Sloan particularly. Yep. And then you've got Ben Hunt, who's sort of the wily old Fox stage of his career. He's actually kind of, he's in the way of Sullivan and Amon playing together. And I just really want them to move him to nine and say, Do you know what, Ben, you get in the middle of everything. You tell everybody where to stand, lead from the front. And if, I think if they move Ben Hunt to nine, then you've got a real chance because then you've got that, you know, you've got the leadership element, you've got the organizational element, and then you've got these two other guys who could then play in their positions that you would hope that they're going to play in for the next three years and you open up that premiership window idea by having that spine who all play together all the time. And I think, I don't know why you would wait for Ben Hunt. You know, he he can play nine as well as seven as far
1: as I'm concerned. I think he's better at nine. I think he's better at nine. A lot of people do say that about him as well. I don't know if he prefers nine to seven, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him playing nine by the end of the year. And it depends on Sullivan. So Sullivan's had a couple of niggling injuries over the last 12 months or so. Um, if he can have a good start to the season, stay injury free, he can break into that first grade squad. He'll probably be off the bench for a little while. But I think I think you're right. I think Hunt needs to move to nine. Sullivan will come up. Um, and he's actually everyone talks about Sloan and Amone, non-Dragons fans, because they're the ones that they've seen the most. But Sullivan's probably the best out of the three, in my opinion. Um if, if potential-wise. So they're all, they're all good, and I'm loving Sloane at the moment. Um, but Sully's probably the best of the three, and or can be the best out of the three. So it just depends on how his year goes. Whether we see Hunt at nine at the end of this year or next year, I'm confident it will happen, just it's a matter of when.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I actually saw it. was three weeks back-to-back back where I saw the Dragons' second-grade play. Yeah. Just because it was weird, I said <laughs> Look like a Dragon Super me, but it was just that they played, <laughs> they played in Newtown and then they played Wests. And I can't remember who the other almost, but I basically saw them three weeks in a row just by without ever trying to see the Dragons. They just, they were just there, you know. And that's why I, saw, I thought there was loads of players here who are going to come through. And I thought, I had the same feeling a little bit about the Tigers because I watched a lot of West Magpies last year as well. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I thought, you know, how shit was <laughs> The Tigers are shit and this team are quite good. Like, why... Well, there's no point continually giving guys a game in the top grade while to I'm good enough. You might as well yeah. throw in like Jack, Jack Madden. I remember thinking off the bench for them. But we are moving as a segue to the other side of the uh chasing kangaroos, you know, are chasing Jillaro's colleagues. Because <laughs> my next question is, I phrased it as should Big T curl up in a ball and await the cold embrace ah. of the grave? Are the Tigers gonna be absolutely terrible? Because if they're not if the dragons are gonna like, finish bottom you are hearing it from me first at the tigers will and it'll be entertaining for those of us who like clicks on their articles and their on NRL media because you want to bag the tigers or the broncos and you are doing good traffic
1: i was gonna say you are becoming known for your anti-tigers uh, journalism mate so i'm going to leave most of that to you i, I for big T's sake i do hope that the tigers go okay this year we've got a lot of tigers fans that are listening and i hope they go okay for you this year but if I'm being completely honest, I think they're, they're definitely a bottom, bottom eight side. They're possibly spoon contenders, um, like spoon contenders for me. And I could, look, this could blow up in my face. I hope I'm wrong because these are great clubs. But, you know, Tigers, Cowboys, Bulldogs, and oh, who else? They're probably my spoon contenders, mate, at the moment. So it's, it's yeah, it's not going to be a good year for the Tigers, I don't think. But I genuinely hope I'm wrong, Big T. Sorry, buddy. Love you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I try, I try not to completely slug off the Tigers. I just don't, as an, as, to put my outsider hat one, I, I, it's such a weird arrangement as a club that I don't quite understand it and maybe that's, I know, and also there is a lot of people who are Tigers fans, particularly in the, uh, should we say, the hipster rugby league circles in which I operate, <laughs> who, are by, who are Balmain fans rather than Tigers fans uh, or, you know, rather than West's Tigers fans and, yeah. all right, it's fine, you, you know, I understand the logic of it. I, uh, my job as a person who looks at the, the, the high level on this is to say like what is this what, what, what is this could you please could you please explain to me it doesn't make any sense but I'm, on the field I think the Tigers like they do have good players like I really hope Jackson Hastings goes well I really hope Oliver Gildar particularly goes well my sort of biased uh, national <laughs> yep. head on and you know Dewey I love Adam Dewey he's a great player like there's lots of players who, who I think they're going to go well and I just I I wonder, like I'm actually looking on the twentieth of May, is the Tigers be the Bulldogs at Leica? And that could be a super that could be a superb what I like to call the spoon bowl. Uh, it's like the Super Bowl for the two teams that are gonna finish bottom. Um, I love but that it. that could be an excellent, an excellent spoon bowl because they, you know. Two of the oldest, most storied clubs. I think actually the week after the Bulldogs for the Dragons at Belmore as well, which is going to be like. I'll be basically. at that one.
1: I'll definitely be at that Man. one. I haven't been to Belmore and I've got an excuse to go, so I'll be there.
0: It's, uh, it's basically the Winfield Cup. Yeah. <laughs> <You've> got, <laughs> <laughs> got the Tigers see the Bulldogs at Leicard. Like It'll rain. <laughs> and then Bulldogs the Dragons at Belmore. It'll rain. Um, what a week that's going to be. But yeah, um, I look, I think the, the question with these. I always think this in terms of the Super League, right? Is that, you know, Toulouse are currently, is it, their plan is, is there going to be team, one team worse than Toulouse? And it doesn't look like it at the moment. And I, I look at the Tigers and go, is there going to be a team worse than the Tigers? And from what I've seen in the trials, I would have said the Cowboys, the Cowboys look kind of all right, yeah, actually. The Broncos, you can't imagine the Broncos are going to be that shit three years in a row. But I mean, they keep picking Tyson Gamble, they might. Um, he's, you know, they, they don't appear to know who they're, Halfbacks are well. They know they've got Adam Reynolds, but Adam Reynolds until last year was held together with sticky tape. So I'm not sure how that's going to go for them. And you know, it's good for those. As I say, it's good, good for those of us who deal in clicks. If you've got the Titans, <laughs> uh, so the Tigers and the Broncos, either top two or bottom two. Yeah. Um I guess we we also have to talk. I haven't put this actually on the running order, but I'm going to throw it at you anyway because uh, yeah. superb trial form. The real trial battle is here we know the other half, our, our unmentioned colleague, Mary Passatopoulos, Mrs. Paramatta Reels. Um, I say Mrs. because she's actually married to the Um They have looked very good. We've said that they're going to finish in the top six. Do you think they might have a, cha- a chance at the top four, or are they going to be exactly where they were last year? Uh,
1: I think, oh, firstly, we'll confirm that Mary is a, uh, a miss. She's Jimmy. She's not married yet, Jimmy. So get your act together, mate. Um, but, uh, I think t- yeah look eels look good man. Um, they, I was a bit concerned for them before the before the trials. I thought you know they've lost a few players. have they missed their window? Um, but they, they've looked good. they looked good against the Panthers. They looked okay against the dragons uh, and and you know they did have a few players out as all the para fans reminded me after we won that game. But, um, I think the eels are looking good for a top four. I think they can they anything less than a top four for the eels this year uh i think is is a fail um I think they can get there they've got a good side and yeah they've got the the big thing that the eels have for them is um that home ground advantage at at Combank Stadium, like all this talk about um them selling out against uh the, the Tigers and not letting any Tigers fans in over the last couple of days, which you'd be right across, Mike. That sort of advantage, I think, is huge. And if they can, they'll probably win most of their home games. And I think I think they can get to the top four, definitely. I think they'll probably, if you're talking about my side, the Dragons, Big T's side, the Tigers, your side, Manly, and Mary's side, the Eels, I think the Eels probably finish the best out of um, all four of us, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, that home, the home ground thing. I mean, I don't know if it'll still be an issue when this comes out, but it's for people who didn't hear. Basically, the Eels have said they'll only sell tickets to their own members, which means that there basically won't be any Tigers fans there because they think they can sell out the whole of the stadium just Eels fans. I mean, I'm going to introduce a radical concept from the Super League here sell an away block, one block for away fans.
1: Is that a Super League concept or is it a uh, Premier League concept?
0: everybody yeah. else in the world concept like i've literally been in a away block in the same stadium for sydney fc against western sydney you just take one bit you say do you know what if you've got a tigers membership you can buy this bit and then you'd have a block and then you'd have an atmosphere but now australia you just I, have to. i think people up.
1: i think that's typically what happens right and look we don't to, to all the english listeners we don't rely too heavily on away fans over here which is but which is you know they still come but i think um I think I don't know. Maybe the maybe the Eels marketing sales and marketing team have some are just shy of their KPIs, and this is just a little little sales tool to uh, to get a a few extra members, you know. So because I I did see on Twitter a few Tigers fans saying, "Look, I'll get like a three game membership just so I can go to this game," which you know, maybe it's a clever 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 tool there.
0: Yeah, and I mean um, the thing the thing that I'm actually most excited about that game. I think they've got the Titans. First round, which should be very, very good. If it's a combine I think actually my two games are gonna to go to the first round, there is Penrith V. Manly out in Penrith. It's sort of grand final home come in. I think Manley will beat them as well. And um, I thought Manley went really well in the trials. Looks if you can get everybody on deck, I think they're gonna be pretty good. That the just to talk about my my beautiful, beautiful Seagulls, <laughs> they that outside combo of Cooler and uh Jason Sahap is gonna be out of fame and rapid, absolutely rapid. Um and I'm really looking forward to Oluquatu and Schuster having another season behind them. I think they're real top players only going to get better. And it's uh, a case of can the old firm of uh, Cherry Evans and Foreign still be good, keep being good? Because I, I debate whether that is possible. But um, anyway, right. Back to our actual bread and butter. Before <laughs> we go on to listener questions. Yeah. Which Rugby League World Cup star are you most excited about seeing this year's NRL? And i put the note of Nobody obvious. No obvious. Which by which I mean, they're yeah, not what's allowed to play for England. What's England obvious? New Zealand mean? or Australia. Ah. Well, players, that people people know, you're not allowed to say, you know, Jason Talbot, talent, but you know what I mean. Somebody, somebody outsider, um, very on brand. And <laughs> you want to hear mine? right? I, I, I can go with,
1: I got a couple of options, right? And you can... You tell can, me your, Tell me yours, because this is tough for me to pick, because you don't know, like... You don't know who's going to show up for who. It depends on who the Aussies, the Kiwis, and the, and the Brits pick, and then you see a few others trickle down. So I want to hear your options first, and then, then I'll make a decision.
0: So here you go. Here you go. Right. I have three options. Numero uno, quite literally, um, is I think Jake Clifford, who is at the Knights, Ooh. who is Italian.
1: Italian, yeah.
0: He, he's, he, right, so the Knights have gone for this weird strategy as far as I can tell, in which they basically put all of their salary cap into outside players. Well, Caelan Ponger, obviously, at the back, but, you know, and best on one side, you've got, um, you know, Dane Gagai on the other side, which we went out my head there. And so, they've got this half-back combination of Clifford and Clune, right, who have never really been given the top gig, but I think they've gone really well. I think that's, you know, unassuming, but effective. And if they can just get the ball out to the people who need to get the ball and, you know, Loves a long pass. Clifford kicks pretty well, runs a little bit. I think that could be really good. I think Jake Clifford's going to be good. That's my tip. He's my outsider. And on the same side, the Newcastle Knights, my boy and yours, Dom Young, yeah. who looks like he has spent the entire offseason in the gym. He is now, I work this out, so he's the second tallest winger No way. behind Jason Saab Okay. And he's by far the heaviest. So in size wise, He's, you know, he's really up there. How, he's actually bigger. Than, how heavy
1: is he? You know, I need to test you. How heavy is he?
0: 106 kilos, Cheap. which is huge. Yeah, well. Winger, and you know, some of the carries he was returning against uh, Melbourne were pretty solid. He scored a good try against uh, the Bulldogs in the first trial with huge wingspan, which comes from being that size. And I think, you know, he's a bit raw still. He's he's only really in his second year of first grade. He played a couple of games at Huddersfield, a couple of games last year for the Knights. But if he can kick on, he's going to be a massive problem for people just because of the size of him. You know, if his technical skill comes up a bit, just gets consistent game time, stuff like that, he's going to go and play for Jamaica and be an absolute superstar. Um, And as we mentioned before, my third pick would be Lachlan Ilias, who... It's gonna start in seven for Sallas and then hopefully play Greece. So yeah, I'm just excited to see how he goes. Because a lot of the problems that you find with especially with the sort of second tier nations is that you can get a lot of outside players, but they often struggle to find someone in the very specific roles of halfbacks. Yeah, team that's got Jay Clifford, a Greece team that's got a lot of You know, you look at in the last two World Cups, Ireland's ability to to sort of play just because they had Liam Finn, who was a second, you know, a second great halfback, but had all the mouse in the world, you know, he was a he he could get the ball to the people who he needed to get the ball to. Yeah. He could, you know, Kate can be clever and manage the game. And if you think a couple of the outside, you know, I think of like Mitchell Moses at Lebanon as well, like that That sort of player is key, especially if you're trying to go from being one of the second tier nations to one of the the better nations.
1: Well, on that, I will say, right, so my choice, and I'm glad you mentioned him, I was thinking Dom Young uh, for Jamaica. Love to see him out there. The only issue there is if he goes really well, England might pick him, (laughs) so we kind of. I'm hoping that that doesn't happen. So yeah, I'm hoping he sticks with Jamaica. Um, that would be awesome to see an NRL player playing for coming out for Jamaica. So that's awesome. I'm loving what you're saying about the halves, though. So Clifford, I didn't even think of Clifford for Italy. Um, I know, um, the the main NRL Italian uh, players eligible for Italy are like your forwards, you know, your Nathan Browns and your Paul Vaughns. I know the the John's boys. So Maddie's sons are both. Um, have played for Italy before. So there's probably a good halves pairing with Johns and and Clifford in the halves for Italy. That's really interesting. And then if you're looking at, like, important positions, Greece, they've got Ilias and Mametsoulis also at Souths playing number nine. So they could have a good little half of the NRL spine there for Greece, which is exciting. Um, But but what about Lebanon? You kind of half touched on it, but imagine, like, a six and seven of Duali and Moses. Like, that's a pretty impressive half combo for for Lebanon if that sort of comes into fruition as well so there's a few good options there um and you know but uh, you know what I'm really excited I've been really excited watching the outside backs coming out of like Papua New Guinea and Fiji so you know your your Sivos and your and your uh, Mr. Ravalawa at the Dragons and there's a few few of those and you've got <laughs> Did you He's got, that in the
0: style of Mr. <laughs> Mr. Love Love of yeah, I
1: did. I always do, Mr. Lava <laughs> But um, I'm surprised they don't do that more often. But um, but even like um, Ollum and, and Coates, I think, like for P&G, like there's just...
0: Well, if, they, if they play together every week and that, I mean, we haven't seen with, with Coates, he got actually leathered by Dom Younger the weekend ago from Coates. Yes. Um, but we haven't seen how they're going to line up in terms of who's going to play on what side. Because it was Olam and Odokar, Adelkauer, and adokar has gone to the Bulldogs now, so there is a space there in that yeah. wing. But we yeah. don't know whether they'll stick with Jennings and Remus Smith on one side and then shift folks to the other. But if he can, if that if they get linked up a club football, man, I hope so. Yeah, to international
1: level, it yeah, be that's, that's huge. So yeah, hope hope that happens. But yeah, there's some good combos there, man, and some of them I didn't even think about. So I'm glad we had this convo.
0: Yeah, and right, so we do have. I'm told you have questions that people have put from
1: the Twitter sphere? We, look, we always get... We always reach out for questions from Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And if you're not following along, then i at um, Chasing Ruse on Instagram and Facebook. Um, on Twitter, I'm at Chasing Ruse Pod. Um, keep that in mind because there's also an at Chasing which is the shop Twitter, the ChasingKangaroos.com shop, um, which isn't run by me. And i, I just mentioned that because sometimes people tag it or add it or, and they say things, you know, hey, Cubs, what do you think about this? And then they at Chasing Ruse instead of at Chasing Ruse pod. So keep that in mind. But um, th- look, we've had quite a few questions, but there's, there seem to be a little bit of a theme this year. So normally there's questions about expansion and et cetera, et cetera. But one of the biggest themes, and I might throw this one at you, Mike, because you write a lot about this sort of stuff, but it's very much about what can the NRL do to grow their audience in international markets. That can be New Zealand, it can be the US, it can be Europe, it can be Asia, it can be South America, it can be Africa, it can be wherever you like. What can the NRL do? Should they do anything at all? Do they even care?
0: That's a lot of questions. Um, (laughs) So to take the first, I read a couple of the replies and there was a lot about sort of the United States maybe against the States, blah, blah, blah. And I just think at the moment, they can't get games to be played in New Zealand. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, at the moment they can't get games to be played in Queensland because it's too rainy. But it, on a macro level, they can't be. They can't get games in New Zealand. They can't get games in, you know, Perth. So I don't think they're going to put too much effort into the United States for now. And um, they also, you know, we saw it a couple of years ago in America. You know, I think South played Leeds in Florida. I'm going to say that was a little while ago now.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. they had about twelve and a half thousand fans there
0: yeah and obviously there was the game between England and New Zealand and Denver yep. um, but I, just, I think you know the NRL has not previously shown any enthusiasm for that sort of thing yep. and I don't think that they think it's a particularly winning market for them in the same way that they might you know try and work on somebody for example who's on the same time zone like yep. further up I mean John Rebo taking the game to China etc cetera, etc cetera. <laughs> um, I feel like they don't maximise their own market within Australia given, given that Especially within New Zealand, because look, there should be there's 17 teams as of next year in the 18th, If it not you know, somewhere else in New Zealand, if only because they get that. And I, every time anyone asks me about this, I just talk about the time slots, but there is currently a six o'clock Friday game. That everybody hates, which there's no reason why that game couldn't be 6pm Friday, Sydney, which is 8pm 8 8 p.m. Friday in New Zealand. New Zealand yep. That game should be, there should be a second team in New Zealand and they should be, what there should be a game every Friday at eight o'clock at night in New Zealand, whether that's the Warriors or, you know, Wellington or the, South Island. Let's or call
1: them the Orcas for now.
0: Yeah, they're going to be called, I think Wellington Orcas is a is name that gets floated. <laughs> um, it should be like the stadium in Christchurch where they have played lots of NRL games, like Manly played, plays the Warriors there before COVID. Manly always played the Warriors in Christchurch and the stadium is literally called Rugby League Park. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so yeah, yeah. There you go. Anyway, so yeah, I think the NRL. Oh, my dog's just walked in, If you can hear in the background, but he you um, doing? He loves <laughs> yeah. the National Rugby League. He's representing Bulgaria. Nice. Um, he, he has been a train. He's trained at the Amsterdam Corps once upon a time. And when I say train, I mean chase the ball. How'd lot. he go? Um, uh, well, you know, it's <laughs> big, got a lot of energy, a lot of energy. Ball handling skills, not great. Doesn't give the ball back, definitely. Typical. Um, yeah, so I think, look. I think they the NRL isn't currently isn't that bothered about expanding to people that they don't already speak to, and that they're more bothered about trying to convert the people that they already have into more monetized fans. That's the sort of the Dolphins' approach, and I, I just think you're asking them to spend what is a lot of money on something which is very low return, and that's just not an argument that gets anywhere in, in the higher ups in the NRL. And this is where the international game has to step in because it is the international game's job, yep, essentially, man. to grow the game in America or, you know, other parts of the world. Because that's, realistically, we need to orientate the world around international National Rugby League, which, I mean, I, I know I'm t- sort of preaching to the converted here, but that's, that should be what the international game does. And the NRL does the best version of the NRL. Like, it's a private business run by member clubs. Like, they, they don't exist for the public good. They exist to... You know, to further the NRL, and they're going to do that by trying to sell more Panthers. Are going to do that by selling more memberships to Panthers. You know, <laughs> the the Pen- <laughs> Panthers and Sydney uh, Reasons don't literally don't give a shit if anyone in New York knows who they are. So, they they can't be expected to do that because it's not in in any way their in their interest to do so. Like they're not an altruistic organization, whereas the International Rugby League is, and they really have to you know, put their foot down and make sure that things like the World Cup, which is a big opportunity at the end of the year, get mentioned as much as possible. And, I, you know, I wrote a column about this last week, about the World Cup basically wasn't mentioned at all in the trials, which it was in the women's, certainly. The NRLW was mentioned several times. Yeah. But like, And then loads of people came back to me saying, well, you know, Fox doesn't cover the World Cup as if, you know, and Fox managed to talk about the Olympics and how many ex-Olympians were in, you know, trialing for the Sharks and had a sevens player and, the storm as well, and lots of the women's teams have players who come straight across from the Olympics, and obviously the Olympics isn't on Fox, and they might talk about it, so it's sort of undermines that argument.
1: I saw that, um, yeah, and I think the comment was kind of, you know, they should still talk about. It. it doesn't matter who has the rights, and I mean that's just a big problem we've always had with rugby league, where we're sort of tied to Channel Nine and Fox, and because of that, Channel Nine in particular treat us however they like, and then you know your Channel Seven, Channel Ten don't really talk about us because. You know they talk about AFL instead because that's what they show, for example, um, and that's a really weird media landscape that we have here in Australia. And, and you compare it to like there was this is a total side comment, but you compare it to like the Super Bowl a few weeks ago, right, where there was a massive refereeing blunder that could have like changed the the trajectory of the game, and the the commentators just sort of mentioned it and then moved on immediately. And I just, and there was a lot of talk about like, man, if that happened in the NRL, like Gus Gould would still be talking about it from last year's grand final. You know what I mean? So, and that's, and that's just, it just shows you how much say the media, our, our you know, the media has over here or how much power the media has over the NRL versus what the NFL has over their media outlets. And look, that's a big conversation for another day, but like back on topic as well, I think you're right. Like in a perfect world, I don't think it's, like, I would love for one day to see, you know, Dragons jerseys in New York and in London and Barcelona, et cetera, et cetera, in the same way that, you know, I can walk the streets of Sydney and I'll see kids wearing, like, Liverpool FC jerseys or New York Giants jerseys or LA Lakers jerseys, right? That happens, right? And I'd love for th- for that scenario to happen with the NRL because it's the best rugby competition in the world, full stop, either code, and and we deserve that, right? But I think you're right in that we still need to kind of conquer our own territory, which, you know, we were on our way to doing that And and then COVID sort of happened and there's been issues, you know, well documented. But I think we're more likely to see in the next, I'm not going to say 12 months, I think this year is really consolidating what's happened over the last couple of years. But I think 2023 we're more likely to see like a major push into New Zealand rather than America, you know, and I think if I was to predict this is what I want to happen and I think what we, it could be very likely that we see, but we could see, you know, the, the Māori Indigenous game played in New Zealand next year. We could see a Nines World Cup played in New Zealand next year. Um, we could potentially see, or this is less likely, but an Origin game in New Zealand next year. That's probably less likely. And I think on the back of all of that, we could see the announcement of um, the 18th franchise being a New Zealand team next year. So I think, I think the NRL has a lot of that planned and in mind. And I think it's lo- we're likely to see most, if not all of those things happening in 2023 in New Zealand. But I think this year is more about, you know, New South Wales and Queensland as it's always been. Um, unfortunately for us expansionists and internationalists, you know, when it comes to the NRL.
0: Yeah, no, I think what, what I'm very optimistic about it this year in terms of, you know, we've got the World Cup. I think the World Cup's going to be great, yeah, especially you know, the long, the narratives that are going to grow. And this is kind of why I was annoyed at Fox for not talking about it. Like they were talking about Xavier Coates and not mentioning that he's going to play next to Justin Olam and then going to go and play the PNG. In fact, they said he was going to play for Australia, which is just
1: ridiculous. No,
0: it's <laughs> going to happen. He's from, he was born, born in, in Hormosby, yeah. <laughs> Plays for PNG now playing next to the set on the wing, and he's next to the centre for PNG. Which, like, which commentator sure
1: was one. that, Mike? I didn't even hear oh, that one. Uh, <laughs> Greg Alexander. Oh, okay.
0: Part of the brains trust. Um, yeah, so look, I think I'm confident in that regard, and I think that could provide a lot of momentum, not so much to to the NRL, but as you say, to the New Zealand Rugby League to you know to really push to get stuff on in New Zealand because they've just been starved of footy. I think we're going to get as of the middle of the season, we're going to get the Warriors playing back in New Zealand, which is going to be a huge boost. Yeah. Um, I think what's happening in Super Rugby with the um, Moana Pacifica and the Fiji Drua, like there's I know the Fiji Drua team, are part of the same organization in terms of the Australian Foreign Affairs Department who, Yeah, yeah. and the PNG Hunters and I would be interested to see what happened if there was teams from Samoa and Tonga who were to compete in the New Zealand competition I think that that is something they can definitely look into to try and build a link between you know much as we love Jason Tan Lolo etc going over to Tonga like they are largely people from Auckland and Western Sydney and it's the link back to the island is kind of the important part of it as well and, and making sure there's a pathway for those players which there definitely is now we can see from Fiji like players who were born and raised in PG getting all the way through to the NRL. And if you looked at the trials, I think there was about seven Fijian wingers. Um, you know, who were playing all the way down second, third grade or twenties competitions as well. I know there was a big kid for the Warriors. Um uh, there was a kid on the wing for Parra at one point as well. Yep. Who were you know, who you could see easily becoming first graders. <laughs> it looked like you could basically make Fiji. Steam in the World Cup could be basically seven wingers <laughs> yeah. and um, there we <laughs> can make a Um but, like, there, there is clearly, like, if you're, you know, I always talk about the NRL clubs being very self-interested and, like, look at the self-interest in the, the player pathways. Like, if you can box off, if you're in the Warriors and you can box off that pathway from Samoa and Tonga through Auckland, like, you're going to get such a pipeline of talent out of that. It's in their interest to make that happen. And if you look, I think the Roosters have now taken over the pathway from the from the Silk Tales. The club yeah. players, you know, the Roosters who had their feet called the North Sydney Bears... And then the third grade feeder club is now... Silk um, Tales. Yeah. Now the Silk
1: Which and that was last year as like, well. That was last year as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So
0: you're seeing players go from the Silk Hills to the Bears and then you, the obvious step is then from the Bears to the Roosters. So like that pathway is now there. You're looking at, um, obviously, what the Raiders have done picking players out of the Super League. You're now looking at the Knights and now got two former... who have got Bailey Hodson who got injured actually in one of the trials. And they're the... I think they had a guy watching um, Will Price play in the Super League... So you're looking at like they're they're taking an active interest in now the Dolphins definitely they're going to need players come the you know they're they're signing players for next season yep. and when they run out of players you know if they run out of players to sign in the NRL and they've got Wayne Bennett as a coach he obviously was the former coach of England I cannot he see might a lot have of
1: them some with connections. <laughs>
0: Yeah, three or four players out of the Super League. I think we're likely the, to, the I think um, we're,
1: we're likely to see um, the PNG Hunters form a connection as well, like a pathway. I think that's likely to be announced soon. Something in that vein. And like you say, if there's a, if there's a Samoa Tonga connection through New Zealand, that's awesome. I think for for our Kiwi cousins, like the whole rugby league is more popular amongst like Polynesian the Polynesian culture over there and. Also, the Maori culture, there's there's a chance there, and I think that indigenous game that we saw earlier this year, is a real opportunity. I think it's key that we play that game over in New Zealand as soon as possible, because yeah. that tapping into that 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 excitement or and that that passion in the Maori culture, I think, could be huge for rugby league. And if we're ever a chance to to come close to rugby union over there in terms of popularity, then that's a chance right there. And, and I think we can. I think you know if we do that smartly and well, then there's opportunities. Cause you look at, I don't want to talk about the other code too much, but you look at what's happening in the Pacific and all the Southern hemisphere in general with like South Africa pulling out and Australia being pretty much like nobody cares about union in Australia anymore. And the all blacks are kind of all that's left, you know, and you know, there's opportunities here. So I think, I think, you know, the NRL, I guess to top and tail, you know, the question from the, from the Mm -hmm. listeners the NRL needs to push harder than ever in New Zealand and, and the Pacific as well right now before they start thinking about the USA and Europe and all those sorts of things, But, you know, or, or China, as you mentioned at the top there, Mike, as well. But I think that's what's likely to be the plan.
0: Brilliant. Now, I set you a task. a little game <laughs> for the end of this. Would I saw it kicking around on social media last week where people had to pick an NRL team based on one to sixteen teams in the NRL, so one player per team was allowed. So you had to, you know, every team had to be mentioned, plus obviously one extra player of seventeen. It's also sixteen teams in the World Cup, mm-hmm. uh, as you well know. So I have tasked with picking a team from only NRL-based players to feature every single nation in the World Cup, and you're allowed one wild card. And just before, I'm sure somebody out there is thinking of this. There's no French players in the NRL, so you're allowed to pick one Frenchman in any position.
1: I struggled with Irish players as well. So I've got to... I, Ooh, I, yeah, I must admit... Yeah, I don't know. I, you're going to say like Flanagan or something, but I don't know if he's Irish. But, um, but so I haven't completed my homework, Mike, and I was kind of hoping we could do this together because I think you're, you've got a better list than I have.
0: But, oh, i got a full 17.
1: Well, let's, can we go through that? And I'll tell you if I think you missed anyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. I'd, I'd say I've I, I made this an idiosyncratic list um, for reasons that will become quite obvious. <laughs> I've got straight off the bat my fullback, formerly of the Cronulla Sharks, is Tony Gigo. Oh, wow.
1: Yep, yeah, strike system. Straight for the wild card.
0: Yeah, well, I had him as a fourteen. I thought, no, top of the list. Love okay. Tony Gigo, superstar from Avignon. He uh, he's went. Toulouse haven't been great. Start of the year, not going to be. Not going to lie. Not going to sugarcoat it. But Gigot, he showed a few flashes. He pretty much only ever does is show flashes. But if you get the flash; it's pretty bright. As a man who won the Trophy, when the Catalan won the Challenge Cup, he's a baller. And uh, yeah, Tony Gigo. on the wing. I've gone for Jamaica's own Dom Young. Yep. On the other wing, now, there are times in making this game where you've got to move a few things around to try and get the players that you want in the right position. I've gone for Jordan Rappaner on the other wing. No way. As a Cook Islander. Oh, okay. I think we'll play. For, I mean, can you play for New Zealand? I think we'll play for the Cook Islands. So I've gone. My Cook Islander is Jordan Rappaner. As mentioned in our centres, I've gone for Justin Ollum because I love Justin Ollum. Yep.
1: No no I'll argument there. Yeah.
0: One of the best centres in the world and from PNG. I've gone for, I think this will happen at the end of the year because it'll be too injured to get picked for Australia. You know, they've got better players there. I'm going to go for Bradman Best is going to play for Wales. Ah. You're going to have to forgive me for living my dream in the standoff slash five-eighth position because I've picked... Your friend and mine, Luke Keery, Keery. Who who uh, Who's going to play for Ireland, of course. Um, I'll, give actually...
1: I'll give you that. I'll give you that because I don't know who no. else is Irish in the NRL. Or uh, if, if Keary even is, I don't even know.
0: No, Keary can definitely play for Ireland. Um, he's definitely qualified. So there was a couple other options for my beautiful, beautiful boys in green. Um, my smoky for who I think is going to have a big year based only on his trials, Declan Casey or the. Bulldogs is he's, he's a winger. He ironed out Kaylin Palmer last week in the trials. It went very viral, but I'm pretty sure he's Ireland qualified. Okay. So he'll, he'll get a goal. And who's the other one? There's a couple. There's a couple knocking around. Who's uh, your halfback? No. Cleary? My halfback is, is no, it's Jake Clifford.
1: Ah, okay. For Italy. All right. Interesting.
0: Yeah, only because I was going to pick that one earlier, but uh, more on that later. My prop is. Two, you can make a maker
1: for Fiji.
0: And my other prop is Alex Twal of Lebanon. Interesting. And in between them will be Peter Mamozelos, Greece. Yeah.
1: So that's why, okay, that's your Greek player. I like that. I like yeah. Peter.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's going to go great this year, especially because, I don't know, Damien Cook, he's a very good player, but I don't know if he would be better used as in a rotation rather than a one. I feel
1: like he... I'm surprised,
0: when,
1: when you, I'm surprised you haven't picked an Aussie yet or a Kiwi. Have you picked a Kiwi? No. Nope. Wow.
0: You can wait. So, But we've, had, wait. we've
1: got a whole spine without Aussies and Kiwis. I find that very intriguing. Oh, yeah. yeah, continue.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So my second rower is going to be Manly's own Josh Schuster. I say he's, he's listed in my team as Samoa Yeah. Um, because his dad put Samoa yep. in the 95 World Cup. Um, John Schuster, formerly a power but he was an all back, so he could play for New Zealand as well. And I think if he plays well enough, he could get a New Zealand. Um,
1: yeah, definitely. I Zealand think he game. could. I think he could this year as well.
0: I think, yeah, I wonder, but I, I'm going to go for some open now just because his dad played for them. So that's first refusal. The second rower is debatably a centre. He actually lined up in the centres, I think, in the trials, but he has played in the second row in the past, which is Scotland's own UN Aitken. Yep.
1: That's and a good a, one.
0: Loose forward slash lock. I've gone for the, uh, the patient zero of the National Football League Revolution, Justin Tomolo of oh, Tonga.
1: Very nice. Do you want me to hear my bench? I do, yeah. <laughs> I'm intrigued because, yeah, where are the Aussies at? <laughs>
0: It's a good bench. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got Luke Thompson, Payne Haas, Joseph Manu, and Tom Tervojevic. He's in Serbia.
1: I knew you were going to say Tommy for Serbia as a bonus. Okay. He only
0: gets to my bench though.
1: <laughs> so wait, what was yeah, it? No, hey, I, Luke Thompson, England, Payne Haas, Australia. Love
0: Luke Thompson, Payne Haas, Joseph Manu. He's uh, my floating back on the bench. And Tom Tervojevic. I thought it would be more fun to pick a team that didn't include any England, Australia, or New Zealand players. That's
1: crazy. And lot, I, in all honesty, yeah. Tell me what. And yep. Sorry, sorry to interrupt.
0: Well, I just wait to put Tom's Rhodes in as Serbia because Australia don't play any games. You could have so had, um,
1: you could have had Payne Haas as Filipino and Tommy as Australian as well. Like you could have done, you could have done that. I would have paid that one yeah, too.
0: I, I, I thought of putting in Nathan Cleary as Croatia. Yeah. <laughs> <'cause he's> never, <laughs> still, still yet, still yet to play for Australia. I, so.
1: I probably would have went Turbo as my fullback. To be honest with you, I would have had Joey Manu in the centres. You could have had a few people. He's a few notables. I reckon um, Cook Islands, Valentine Holmes. I think on he the win.
0: He, he was, well, I had him in there as a centre and then I moved him. But yeah, Valentine Holmes was in there.
1: Yeah, I think he's a good one.
0: He'll definitely play for the Cook Islands. I don't think he's getting in
1: Australia too. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I think, um, yeah, you've got Tamalolo, I think, who else? Probably like a, a Mitch Moses is, is hard to is a h- tough one to miss there as well. I think when you're looking at a halfback and you're, you know, by your method, you know, trying to get a, an emerging nation spine member in there, I think Mitch would have been a good one as well. But yeah. then who would you so have? I in, had, yeah.
0: I had, so I had the other way around, which was I had Moses at seven and then instead of Alex Twile,
1: Nathan I Brown had, or Paul Vaughan. Um, yeah,
0: Paul Vaughn. Yeah. Yeah. As early I also thought there was there's a guy Jack Campagnolo who's been playing for South. He played yeah. quite well in one of the trials against, I think, it was against the Cowboys. But I wondered how much NRL he's going to play. He's going to play more in the same grade, I think. But
1: I think Joey Manu, man, I think to to our UK based listeners, you would know a lot about the kangaroos and kiwis that are hopefully coming over at the end of the year for this World Cup. Um, but I don't know if they know a lot about Joey Manu, and I think they're going to be surprised to see this guy in action because he's freaking amazing. So. Yeah, excited. He's, he's
0: elevated himself. You know, in the it? sort of something that happened in the in Origin last year, where they played Tedesco, who I was going to pick greatly at fullback. point, you know, um, against <laughs> Tedesco at fullback, but then the New South Wales just put they played Taboevich and Latrell Mitchell in centres. As sort of, but then they didn't really play in the centres. They just played wherever they wanted. And I think Manu is basically doing that now for the Roosters, where he's just beyond positions. He's you know because he's so big, he's so strong, he's so skillful, he's so he's so everything. That he's kind of not to say that he's a centre really. He doesn't really play there anymore. He's actually, I think, he might start at six in
1: the first round. But potentially, he's kind of yeah. Anyway. And for the Kiwis, he's arguably like we've RTS gone. Manu's arguably like their man. I think this year in terms of the World Cup. So um, that's going to be that's going to be awesome to see him in action. I think he can really really be one of the players of the tournament.
0: Yeah, I I, I think between him. I mean, obviously, the BBC will talk about Sean Johnson because it makes them feel better about losing. His- and if Sean Johnson's still, you know, the greatest player ever lived, but um, yeah, yeah Joey Marnie is going to be. He, I mean, he he him for New Zealand, he has to be like their kind of most strike strike player in terms of the one who's going to do that. You know, what basically what Sean Johnson used to do many years ago, but probably doesn't do anymore. Although you know, maybe he'll turn up for the Warriors. But you know, it, it, would, it would be surprising if he
1: did. Hey, Mike, I love having you as a, as the host. I think we should do more of this. It's uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a lot easier for me, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you get more of my shit jokes. I just like write, writing scripts with them. Um, <laughs> I have to find new joke formats.
1: I love it, man. I love it. And who I, was
0: who, who were you, you going to go? So if you could have picked one wildcard player, I thought of picking uh, just picking my mate Joran to go for Netherlands on the end of my bench.
1: You know, I actually thought about <laughs> Joran as like a wild card, just on the bench for Netherlands as well. I actually thought of like um, Pappenhausen for Netherlands, keeping in that trend as well. Um, as a as a wild card, I think that would have been pretty cool. But I like what you did with Tommy. I kind of I tried to steer clear of like players that would obviously be picked for Australia as my wild card. So I wasn't going to pick Teddy as my Italian fullback or, or Turbo as my as my Serbian fullback or centre. You know. So, but I think yeah, I think um, I think Pappenhausen would have been my wild card as a, as a, as the the Netherlands. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was trying to remember the name of the guy who played seven for Philippines as well. Who he, he was a real good player, but he was about fourteen. Oh, that guy. Field.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well. He played against Brazil the other a few months ago. Yeah, yeah. I forget his name. Yeah,
0: well. was, I could have looked it up. First. I'm a but I couldn't remember it off the well, top of my head. So, shout out to that guy. He's really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, Taylor Castle actually. Taylor Castle. He. Um, he won Man of the Match in the Macedonian-Malta game. And is, but then I thought, he's actually qualified and has played for Scotland, I think. No way. So it's possible he could get picked for Scotland because he's playing... Who's he play for? He's playing Blacktown, Blacktown workers, the confusingly named Blacktown workers, Sea Eagles, where there is no sea and indeed no <laughs> eagles. Um, but yeah, so I think he's playing for Blacktown this year and um, he, has, he played for Molo, He is of Maltese heritage, but um, I'm 90% sure he's played for Scotland in the past. So, do you know what? I've only had a computer in front of me. I'm going to tell you. Here we go. This is brilliant podcasting. Rugby we'll put it, Tyler Castle. Malta Scotland International. There you go. So he could actually play for Scotland. So um, I didn't want to pick him.
1: No, mate. But my Maltese. He can be player number 18.
0: Yeah, a concussion reserve. Tyler Castle. He had an unbelievable mullet on the go. I'll tell you what. You um, would have out-mulleted Ryan Papanazen. Love it. <laughs> right. This is an, it's been an exciting afternoon and it's actually my day off, so you know what you do when you work in rugby league? You spend your days off talking about rugby league.
1: You love it. So I'm
0: going to, yeah mate, mate. when I was a kid, right, my dad was a development coach and he used to work five days, away, days a week in rugby league, watch Rochdale Mayfield on Saturday and Rochdale Lawrence on the Sundays. So, you know.
1: He loved it I'm as well, my mom, really. knowing your old man the yeah, way I no, do. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm not sure what my mum thought of it, he's probably the same, as long as you took the kids out with him, he shouldn't give a shit probably, so.
1: Love <laughs> it, Mate, thanks for chasing all kangaroos right, with hey. me on your day off. And um, well, that's no, all right. A little bit uh, we are we are still working on this season, season four of Chasing Kangaroos. And we're hopefully ho- what do you reckon, a few weeks away from getting started again and kind of announcing what we're doing, which is going to be more World yeah. Cup themed this year, I think we can sort of hint at.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's all very top secret. It's okay. All very top secret. We'll leave it at that. There is a World Cup happening, though. Hopefully. I'm raising my eyebrows. It doesn't work on podcasts, does it?
1: <laughs> I can see it. I can feel it. <laughs> I, can, I, can,
0: I can see I I have All right. last night, right, when I was at, um, at Shark Park last night for the game, and I thought somebody else was going to proofread my, my piece on it. And so I closed my laptop and I was walking out, and my mate... Uh, uh, Need to go for a week, so I just waited. And somebody texted me saying, Could you just put it by? And so I went and sat in the, him with the punters, opened the laptop, the Wi Fi still worked. And um, sat behind me was Phil up with a face like a smacked ass. No way. Um, no, no way that you were sat with the punters, and no way that he had a face like a smacked ass. No, no way that he was,
1: that he was there. Punters. Yeah, yeah. Ask him yeah, why yeah, he blocked yeah. me on Twitter, by the way. He should have, but anyway, continue.
0: No, I was, I thought of asking him, Could he please block me on Twitter? I feel like I'm, missed, I'm missing out. I feel bad to honor. <laughs> I'm rugby league be that you currently <laughs> He currently hasn't blocked me. Maybe he could have blocked me in real life if I went and told him my thoughts. Anyway, um, but yeah, as I was, as i was I lost my train of thought now. You've interrupted me. Apologies. I completely forgot where I was going with it. Anyway, leave the, Oh, yeah, no, your face, if we'd have announced our podcast live, uh, our new idea now would be the same as Phil Gould's last night. So I'll leave you at that.
1: We'll leave it at that, man. Hey, Mike, thanks for chasing kangaroos with me, bro.
0: No problem, anytime.